Welcome to the Sunday morning service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Summer Community 5, Ghana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is to follow in the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God, brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. prompt for our morning church services. Your life will never be the same again. God richly bless you as you join us in the service. Are we glad to be here this morning? And let's all say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Holy Spirit. Say thank you, Father. And let us pray. Our eternal God of mercy, once again, it's time to declare your word. For your word, Lord, is spirit and it is life. I ask the Lord you touch and anoint my lips of clay and thereby put your word in my mouth so that the entrance of your word this morning will bring light what about the darkness that your word will bring understanding where there is ignorance deliverance where there is bondage that your word will bring prosperity to all your children and honor your name in the life of all those who hear this word today in Jesus name Amen let's all be seated This morning I bring you the part two of demons in humans. We dealt with part one last week, a week ago, and this morning part two, the final part of message of entitled Demons in Humans. When you think of the subject, it's, it's very strange. Demons in humans. Because we humans cannot be humans. Humans are separate. Humans cannot be in humans. But demons can be in humans. And that's what we're looking at. The very important subject very very important subject and um, unfortunately many mainstream churches don't preach this subject but it's one of the one of the commonest problems big challenges facing the church and indeed mankind from the beginning from day one one of them big challenges, problems facing mankind, facing you and me, is the fact that 
demons can be in us, can be in humans. And Jesus, the Bible teaches a lot on this subject. Here Jesus gives us a very important insight, a very important lesson to this subject. In Luke chapter 11, verses 24 to 26. Luke chapter 11, verses 24, 25, and 26. Evil spirits, unclean spirits, wicked spirits, inside human beings. Luke 11, 24. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest and finding none, he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. As we saw last week, Matthew has that says is swept, put in order, but empty. Empty. Swept, put in order, and empty. So Jesus here is teaching something small about what we call demonology. Teachings on demons. And what he said here, what Jesus is saying here, that demons can be in human beings. They can be in human beings. They can dwell in human beings. They can make human beings their house, their habitation. But they can be cast out. They can be, they can be driven out. In the same way they can come in, so can they be driven out. Jesus does not deal with how they come in. We'll talk about that later. But he says, when they are cast out, when an unclean spirit, also called a wicked spirit, because they are very wicked, very, very wicked. Foul spirit, because they, they, they are foul men. When they go out of a man, they go out, they go around dry places. They go around places that are not suitable for their habitation. They, don't, they are not comfortable there. Dry places. And they, all, they look for rest. Somewhere to stay. Somewhere to find comfort. Somewhere to rest. But they find none. Compared to where they came from, nowhere else is comfortable. So they go around dry places seeking or looking for rest, a new place to dwell. And they don't find any. They don't find anywhere, anywhere near the comfort that they experience when they are living in human beings. So, he says to himself, I will go back to my house. Now, I will go back to the person out of which I came. I'll go back to the man or woman from which I was driven out. 
and try and see whether I can go and dwell them again. And they call this place, he calls this my house. I'll go back to my house. Because they consider a human body to be their house. A house. In the same way as the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the human being, the human body is a very wonderful creation. Wonderful creation. And this is what many people, the majority of people don't know. They think that oh, a person or a man or a woman, that is all. But a human body or a human being is fearfully and wonderfully made. It's a fearful thing. Much as the Holy Spirit finds a human body to be his temple in which he dwells, these demons also, in, in other words, are competing. They are competing with God for the human body. And the demon calls the human body his house. So I'll go back to my house. So he comes and finds the place swept and put in order. Neat. But empty. Empty. Because see, when they are there, as long as they are there, you know they are wicked, they are foul, they are unclean, they are evil, they are demonic. So where they live is as when they are in a person, that place you can imagine is nowhere near anything hygienic. In fact, everything there is is so bad. And this is what manifests in the person's life. You see, their nature, the nature of the demon, the nature of an unclean spirit, the father is he's foul smelling, he's wicked, he's evil, demonic, fallen angel. That is how they make the person. That is what ultimately the person becomes. But when they leave, and that's why here when we're doing deliverance, in fact, we, we command the demon to take away everything that they came with. We don't just say go. I am very careful to command them to take with them everything that they, they came with into that person. And we are all witnesses how they begin to pack their things, they move their things, and when they finish, they go. So when they've gone, what they leave behind is a place that is swept and put in order. Matthew asks, but empty. If the Holy Spirit knows that a place is empty, because they've, they've, they've left a vacancy, a vacuum. The vacuum there. And that vacuum needs to be filled. It needs to be filled. As long as it stays empty, yeah, they will come back because they go around and find no resting place. So he comes back and finds the place swept, put in order. But if it's empty, he knows. You see, demons being spread there, they are more like cleverer than we are unless we stand the word of God. You see, our only means of, of defeating them, beating them, is by standing on the word of God. They are cleverer than we are. They are stronger than us. 
They are more powerful than we are. They are more discerning. They are more cunning. They are, more, they are better at plotting, scheming. We are, we are to be careless. We are careless. We are not vigilant. We are not sober. So, by ourselves, there's no way we can defeat them. So, they know that having been cast out, they'll be cast out again. So, being clever, they go and get backup. They go and get support. They go and get, yes, they go and get called seven more demons. Not one, not two. They go and call seven more. Now, they call seven stands for an indefinite number. The number seven, the Bible stands for a number that is indefinite. So they can go and call many, many more. And they come and dwell there. They go and share that single body. And Jesus said, the final stage of that person is worse than the first. The Matthew asks, Matthew asks that, so shall it be with this evil generation. In other words, this is what it is. Happen to those who, are, who don't know God. Who don't have Jesus. And that's what we're going to look at today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, the scripture therefore make it abundantly clear to us. The scriptures make, make it abundantly clear for us to understand that it is therefore possible for human beings to be occupied or inhabited by one or several demons. That's the fact that is undeniable. And we said last year they can follow, they can monitor, they can also indwell. Now, when an unbeliever, an unbeliever is somebody who doesn't know Christ, who has not accepted Jesus, who is not a Christian, somebody who is carnal or natural, the person who doesn't have Christ in his life, doesn't matter what religion that person is. Once you don't have Christ, you don't believe in Jesus, you are an unbeliever. Now, when an unbeliever accepts or goes through true repentance, I use the word true repentance, and genuine acceptance of Jesus into his or her life, because, I said, because there are many who say they have repented, but they haven't. Or only partially repented of their sins. There are many who come and say they have accepted Jesus, but they haven't. They only confess and accept with their mouth. But in their hearts, there's no repentance. They only confess with their mouth, with their lips, but not from the heart. But any unbeliever who truly repents, repents, that was, gives up all his or, or her past sinful life, and genuinely, so truly repents, and genuinely accepts Jesus. Because see, when you repent, that's not you might accept Jesus. Accept Jesus into his or her life, has at that time, made, that, made Jesus his or her Lord and personal Savior. There, that personal relationship, there must be that personal relationship between 
that person and Jesus. Between God and that person. In fact, whole ministry is ministry of, recon- of reconciliation. In other words, at that time, God has reconciled that person to himself. God has joined what if God has joined himself to that person. And that person experiences true personal relationship, friendship, communion with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And the person then sees Jesus as his personal, not just a church, not just religion, but the person's personal Savior, Lord and Savior. Such a person can then be delivered from demonic bondage through the power of the Holy Spirit. I spend some time to to describe, go through the requirements. Requirements. Such a one is now ready to be delivered from demonic harassment, demonic occupation, demonic indwelling, from demonization or even demonic possession. Such a one is now ready. Anything that falls short of this, the person is not ready. If the one doesn't have Jesus in him, has not accepted Jesus Christ, in other words, has not been born again, that person is not ready for deliverance. Deliverance is only a waste of time. There's no repentance. There's no acceptance of Jesus Christ. The person has not made Christ his or a personal Lord and Savior. That person, in other words, is not born again. That person is not ready. doesn't matter how many times you take that person through deliverance. He or she cannot be delivered. Because demons keep coming back. You're always coming back. Now, deliverance involves casting out. Casting out. Or the forcing out. It's not by request. It's not by begging the demon. Come, come beg the demon. You can't request demon. You can't tell demon that a poor chop, a poor chop, No. They are cast out. They are forced out. And that was the man when an unclean spirit goes out of a man. Cast out, forced out, driven out. And this can only happen through deliverance. And last week, I showed you three or four means by which a person can be delivered. That if you agree with me, say Amen. New Boy Town, Michelle Camp, listen carefully. Tell me, listen carefully to what I'm saying. There. Now, when this unclean spirit is gone, the place that he left, the, your body, the human body, my body, is now described as swept and put in order. The spirit has left all his uncleanness, left with all his evil things, his foul smell, gone. So the place is now, that body now, the house, the tent, the vessel is now swept and put in order. Such a person must continue in the new life in Christ Jesus. Such a person must be careful. 
if he or she wants to maintain the deliverance, careful to continue in the new life in Christ Jesus, ask otherwise because anything short of this, this person faces the risk of worse, of a worse demonic bondage. It can be a worse, the person's situation can be worse than before. Second Corinthians five, sixteen and seventeen. Second Corinthians five. Second Corinthians five, sixteen and seventeen. Second Corinthians the five. Verses sixteen and seventeen. The Bible says here, concerning the believer, it says, verse 16, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Church, is that in your Bibles? Oh, is that in your Bibles? Say amen. Therefore, from now on, when a person has accepted Jesus, repented, and been born again, he is not to be regarded anymore according to the flesh. The person has become now spiritual. The true believer... The person who is born again is more spiritual than in the same way as before the resurrection of Jesus, the disciples knew him in the flesh. But after he died and rose again, they now knew him no longer as the way they walked with him. They now knew him. He was still with them the same, but now he was spiritual. So he said, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. We don't know him anymore as the flesh. We know him now as Christ, spiritual. Therefore, and therefore, from now on, we regard no one. We don't consider anyone. We don't see anyone Anymore according to the flesh. No more according to the flesh. Because if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And for this reason, it makes it unprofitable. In fact, dangerous. To deliver an unbeliever, to cast a demon out of an unbeliever. I've seen that happen. With disastrous results. Disaster. It ended in disaster. But when the, the unbeliever becomes a true believer, when the unbeliever becomes not a partial believer, not a superficial believer, not a casual believer, a true believer, he is born again. Now that person is born of God. He's born of God. John chapter 3, 
Verses 5 and 6. John 3, 5 and 6. John's Gospel, chapter 3, 5 and 6. Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Being born of water, water baptism. Not necessarily being immersed in water, but it means that dying with Christ. When we do water baptism, as you go into the water, it is symbolic. It is a spiritual symbol of you dying with Christ. And when we lift you out of the water, you have resurrected. You have become a new creation. You died with Christ and you've risen with him. And that is being born of water. In other words, you repent of your sins and everything. You leave everything buried. You come out a new creation. That is being born of water. And then after that, then you receive the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit baptism. Feeling, the infilling of the Holy Spirit in your spirit, your soul, and your body. Remember, we said there are three parts of every human being. And all three parts must, ideally, must be occupied by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, in verse 5, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Shall I say amen. amen. And that is when the Holy Spirit comes to indwell him. And when the Holy Spirit comes to indwell that person... <laughs> When the Holy Ghost has taken over that place which is swept and put in order, it makes it impossible. It makes it impossible for demons to return. The person's spirit, that person's spirit, which was dead, now becomes alive through the new birth. There's a new birth. Before the person gets born again, spiritually the person is dead. He's dead. He's like a carcass. The demons can do what they like with, with him or with it. But when a person is born again, water and the spirit, born of God, not that flavor, born of God, spirit, <laughs> it becomes impossible for demons to return. And the person's spirit, which was dead before, now becomes alive. Through the new birth. Through being born again. A new birth. And becomes the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. The person now becomes the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Who will not dwell? He will not dwell together with an evil spirit. The Holy Spirit cannot dwell together with an evil spirit. Praise the Lord. Do you not know what the Bible says? Did you not know or do you not know that your body 
is the temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. Uh, anyone, therefore, who defiles that temple will destroy it. It's not God who will destroy that person. When the Holy Ghost has made your body his temple, dwelling place, Holy Spirit, who, who is a seal, who is your seal for the day of redemption, he is your stamp, your mark for eternal life, for salvation. And then you, through some, we're going to look at it, through some means, you drive out, you yourself drive out the Holy Spirit. Now, instead of casting out the demons, you now cast out the Holy Spirit. You cast out the Holy Spirit. And many of us are guilty of that. We actually cast out the Holy Spirit. We quench the Spirit. We quench the Spirit. We grieve the Spirit. Quenching the Spirit. Grieving the Spirit. Insulting the Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit has left, can you imagine what will happen afterwards? That person is now doomed for destruction. Only destruction awaits such a person. But may we all be indwelled by the Holy Spirit permanently. All those listening to me this morning, may the Holy Spirit dwell in you, fill you permanently in the name of Jesus. Now, once a person is filled by the Holy Spirit, now as God, when God has come to indwell you, make you his house, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And anyone that opens the door, I mean, I'll come in. And I'll dine with him and he with me. He said, I, my father, will come in and we'll make his house our house. We'll come and live with him. So, there are many scriptures that support what I'm saying. And we, we have we have practical experiences, practical knowledge. What I'm saying is not just theory. It is not only theoretical. It is also practical. We see it happen in every Holy Ghost-filled church, not just here, but these things happen. And we, we and I are witnesses of these things. Once a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, who is God, that person's spirit cannot be possessed by a demon. That person's spirit cannot be possessed by a demon. When the Holy Ghost comes, the first place he goes to is your spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to dwell in your body or your soul. He goes the first place, the priority, the place of God, the place of preference for God, the Holy Spirit, is your spirit. That's the first place. So when a person becomes born again, he, gives, he gets a measure. God gives that person a measure of his spirit. The spirit is given him measures. And this measure goes to dwell in the person's spirit. Another person gets filled more and more. Then his soul gets filled. And finally, the body. 
the body also gets filled. So all three parts are filled. The Holy Spirit. The person is completely filled, fully filled. He's even running over. The person becomes like a fountain of living water. A person becomes a fountain of living water. And such a person, no demon has any, any authority or power can come anywhere near that person. And this is what happens to an unbeliever when an unbeliever accepts Jesus. The believer, the person who has, who has Jesus, who has accepted Jesus, when this person, you see, I said that when a person accepts Jesus, he's a new convert. He begins as a new convert. And Paul therefore was lamenting. Paul was grieving because some believers who should now be teaching were still being taught. Believers who should now be eating solid food were still be being fed on milk. Milk and salt. So Paul was not very happy. Paul was lamenting the situation. Because he, a new convert, someone who has accepted Jesus, can be demonized. Demonized. That person's soul, body, or both can be inhabited by an evil spirit. The person is a believer. But the Holy Spirit is dwelling in that person's spirit. So it's now up to that person to make sure that he or she uh, receives the infilling of the Holy Spirit in his soul and body. Because demons cannot inhabit such a person's spirit. No. The Holy Spirit is there. They cannot go there. But if the person remains swept, put in order, empty in his soul and body, these areas are now vulnerable for demonization. And that is why many of us, many, not all, experience demonic harassment in many ways. Yes, we are believers, Christians. But the reason why many of us experience demonic harassment in many ways, and in fact, even degrees of torment, we go through torments. We are tormented. And we're wondering, how can I be a Christian? And how come I'm going through all these torments, harassment, problems? How come that these demons are able to attack me? Am I not, am I not paying myself? Am I not being in church? We're going to look at some of these things very soon. Praise the Lord. Church, we thank God for the anointing. We thank God for the anointing. Hello? Nibwe Town. Michelle Camp. Teshi, Tema, listen carefully. And all those watching me on social media, thank God for the anointing. We thank God for the anointing. The Bible said that how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He was Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But when the anointing came upon him, he became the Christ, the anointed one. Christ means the anointed one. And he went about doing good. Doing good. Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. 
For God was with him. The thing about the anointing is that it is the power of God. And no demon can withstand the power of God. So, whether it's a believer or an unbeliever, whether the person is a believer or an unbeliever, listen carefully. Even if the person is a witch, a wizard, listen carefully. The person may even be a witch, and or even a wizard. Once the demons operating that person are confronted by the anointing, the power of God, by the power of God, when the fire and the power and the move of God comes against them, they have to go. They cannot withstand it. And therefore, even witches can be delivered, not, not from the witchcraft spirit, because the witchcraft spirits are occupying their spirits, and they like it. Their spirits are occupied by the witchcraft spirit, which they like, which they use. But such a person can also face attack, because in their kingdom, there's no love, no mercy. And when they go against their rules, they are punished. They are punished. So a witch can fall sick. And can we pray for another anointing? And the demons sent to, to play this, this sickness will flee. And the person becomes healed. That doesn't mean that that person is not a witch. That doesn't mean. So, once a person receives a deliverance or healing or whatever, that doesn't mean that that person is a Christian. Doesn't mean so at all. I have seen many unbelievers. I have seen many witches, concerned witches, who are attacked. Attacked by members of their own group, their own kingdom. And being confronted with the power of God, they have been delivered. And there was a, a, a dramatic miracle. But doesn't mean that they, they, they were not, doesn't mean that they were they were cleared of the witchcraft spirit. So what we say here is that the anointing works for everybody, depending on the level of anointing that God has placed on his servant. And that's why God, that's why God in his divine wisdom will always call somebody. That's why God will call Elijah. And God will send Elijah to call Elisha. That's why God will call people. That's why Christ, when he was ascended, gave gifts to men. He gave gifts. Call people, some of them, amongst our brethren, and will anoint them to be used, to use to be a blessing, even to the elect. Because God knows that we being human beings, being frail, being influenced by society, by family, by all kinds of things around us, in fact, the environment is hostile. Hostile to being born again. Then the, the general environment is hostile to your being born again. 
So God will always call somebody and anoint somebody. So when we fall short and we are attacked, God can then use that person to bring deliverance, healing, miracles to us. And that's how it works. That's how it works. I have prayed for somebody who was attacked with severe neck pain. The person was crying with severe... She couldn't move. She couldn't even turn the head another way. And I prayed for this person and within one minute, the demons left and the neck became pain-free. You will have thoughts that since that a person will even make the house of God his or her house. But the person left and never stepped in the church again. Never, never came to the church again. That was it. When they, that's why I said, well, I know that with the level of anointing that God has given me, I can pray for many and they will get their deliverance. But does it mean that that person is a Christian? No. No, sir. No, madam. So don't make that mistake. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. amen. Give the Lord a better clap offering. So we say that a believer initially has his or spirit indwelled by the Holy Spirit. But if the soul and the body are empty, these areas can be attacked. They can be attacked with torment, harassment. And therefore, these teachings are meant to make you aware of these things. So you, you have to take that steps. To put on the whole armor of God. You must put on the whole armor of God. And such attacks, <laughs> such harassment can be seen under the various in these situations. In other words, these are some of the sources of demonic attacks in the believer. And pay attention carefully. These are some of the sources, some of the ways in which we believers experience demonic attacks or attacks or harassment by unclean spirits. I'm not going to list all the many doorways. No, I'm going to give you a group, a class, a class of causes of demonic attacks. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. 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 This is concerning Paul. Paul the Apostle. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And maybe, maybe I read on to about, maybe about 10. And lest I should be exalted above measure, by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh, I mean a thorn in the body, in the flesh means body, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest or otherwise I'll be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. 
For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that concern the body, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, Paul received so much revelation from God. He was, he was the last apostle. He, did, he didn't even walk with Jesus. But he received so much revelation from God that being a human being, he could, he could become pompous, arrogant, proud. He got more revelation than even those who were with Jesus Christ. But God, to keep him humble, to keep him down there, allowed a messenger of Satan, a demon, messenger from Satan, a demon, an unclean spirit, to be attacking his body. The a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a thorn, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, to harass me, worry me. Paul doesn't go into details about how the thorn was harassing him. But he said he, he pleaded with God, he, he prayed to God that let the, let the demon depart, let it go from me. Let it depart from me. Now I, Lord, cast it out. And God said, let it be there. Otherwise, you become too proud. You are a human being. You are a human being. You become too pompous. You begin to despise the others. Others. So he said, oh, then that, three times, God said, no way. It is a source of weakness for you. You look at us, I, Paul, you know, hearing from God, doing this, and then this demon is worrying me. Ah. So it, it, it makes you feel, it, it will make Paul feel a bit weak. Weak in his own estimation. Because he looks at Peter and other, John, they didn't have that problem. And he was having that problem. So it makes him feel less than them. And then God said, when you are weak, and I am strong. In that weakness, I will show my strength. And Paul said, okay, in that case, then I welcome, I welcome reproaches. All that is happening to me, I let it happen to me. I rather boast. Boast. So that the power of Christ, so that if only that, means, that the only means that God's power rests on me, let it be on me. I remember when God called me into ministry many years ago. You know, anyone that God has called I mean, has some weakness. Has some weakness somewhere. Not a, not a very big weakness. But I, I said, well, oh, this one. And uh, what, what are you doing about this, this one? I know my weakness. <laughs> and God said, oh, let that be there. That will not make me change my mind. This is what the Lord said. That will not make me change my mind concerning my corner of you. All God said to me. I said, oh, manamata, sir. Praise the Lord. That's how it is. Moses had his weaknesses. Paul had weakness. All of them, weaknesses. Hallelujah. So, what he's saying here is that a believer, even an apostle like Paul, can, be, can face attacks by the permission or design of God. 
God designed it. God allows it. God sent it. God allowed demon for a purpose. So the first thing we're looking at is that, you see, in, intense personal trials can be permitted by God for a purpose. But at the same time, you see that person also manifesting the power of God. Manifesting the power of God. Praise the Lord. And it's for the purpose of humility to humble the person. Because when God, when God anoints you, if you're not careful, you would think that, <laughs> you would think that, I mean, you, you ask for 10,000, people will bring 10,000. Any amount of money you have, people will bring it. Bring it and I will, you bring, they will bring it. So to keep you humble, you need to be kept humble. You need to be, to be, to be made humble. So that's the first thing. That's what happened to Paul. It's not common. It's rare. But it happens to only those that God has called and is using. Those that God is using. Those that God is using. It does not affect ministry. It's not something that will affect the ministry. But it's a personal thing between the person and God. And God said, let it be there as a means of humbling you. Number two. Another group of people, Christians, who are demonized. You can demonize are those who depart, depart from the faith, heeding wrong doctrines from deceiving spirits. Let's go to First Timothy 4, 1 and 2. First Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. First Timothy chapter 4. We have seen this two before, but now we are looking at them with better insights. First Timothy chapter four. Sorry, one to three. One to three. One to three. Now, the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit, expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to receive with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So one way that some Christians are demonized can be attacked is when you depart from the faith. You depart from correct doctrine. And many of us, unfortunately, are guilty of that. When you depart from correct doctrine, you depart from the faith, and you begin to listen to wrong doctrines, you begin to visit churches, go to places, even listen to them on radio, TV, wrong doctrines, people who are not called false prophets, false apostles going by all kinds of of names you know them all kinds of of thunder thunderous names thunderous and lightning names all kinds of rocky names and they are preaching wrong doctrines and you are listening you are departing from the faith and 
These things open the door for the flesh, for the soul to be demonized. And Paul gives an example here. Forbidden to marry. You listen to a preacher who is saying some wrong things about marriage. Wrong things about food. Even food. Saying wrong things about food. Wrong things about, 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 about the faith, the truth. Departing from the truth. Departing from the faith. You are saved. You see, in the Old Testament, God was kept saying, Be careful that you don't depart. And to the right or to the left from my statutes, my judgments, my commandments. Stay on course. Be very careful not to depart either to the right or to the left. For so you have success and so you prosper. And this is the devil is cunning. The devil is using the church against itself. The devil is using so-called men and women of God who are preaching all kinds of things that are doctrines of demons, doctrines of deceiving spirits. And they can even work miracles. They can work miracles. And when you take part in these things, you can get demonized in your body or in your soul. But being a Christian, your spirit will be intact because the Holy Spirit will be there. It's still there. He doesn't go easy. If he leaves, then that is, that's your end. He doesn't leave easily. So depart upon the faith and listen to believing and even enjoying wrong doctrines from deceiving spirits and demons. Church, be very, very careful. He said, Church, he said, take heed what you take. Be careful what you hear. Very, be careful what you hear. Praise the Lord. And this is a very powerful demonic doorway. Demonic doorway. Number three. Failure to employ God's weapons of warfare and not casting down worldly arguments and lies about God. Now, when you fail to bring your every thought into captivity for the obedience of Christ, failure to bring your thoughts, the thought is the soul, into captivity for the obedience of Christ. For the obedience of Christ. 10 Corinthians chapter 10, 4 and 6. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 6. Failure to bring every thought into captivity. Now you have to control your thoughts. For the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 4-6. If you are there, say Amen. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Here, in a nutshell, the Bible is talking about 
obedience, bringing your thoughts, be controlled by Christ. So you don't control your thoughts anymore. You allow Christ to control your thoughts. Your thoughts is now captivated, captured by Christ. So what Christ says, that's what you do. What Christ says, what you do. And that's what you see in Galatians 2.20. See Galatians 2.20. When you don't do this, and you, are, you allow your thoughts also to be controlled sometimes by evil spirits. Sometimes you allow your thoughts. You know that this is what you have to do. But for some reason, you decide to do something else. Once you depart, you depart, your thought departs from being controlled by Christ, by the word of God, then it, it, it gets into the realm where it's being controlled by evil spirits. And don't forget, we all come from evil backgrounds. In this world, in this world, not only in Africa, everybody, I've said before, is born into a curse. We are all born into curses. Our families, our hometowns, our even continents we come from. There are regional variations. What we face here is different from what they face in Europe. But everyone is born under a curse. Therefore, Bible says that Christ who had no sin was made sin for us. He was made a curse for us. We all want to curse. So now, it means that if you don't allow your thoughts to be controlled by Jesus Christ, it then comes under control of evil spirits. Then they attack you. Just one, one slip. Be sober. Be vigilant. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is walking about like an angry lion. Very angry. He's a lion. More powerful than you and me. Angry. Roaring. Why? Because he's looking for, seeking whom he can devour. Whom he can devour. And once he gets a chance, he will devour you. And that's why I thank God for the anointing. That because anointing, we have, God has not allowed us to become meat for the teeth of the enemy. But if you consistently, consistently go through harassment, attacks, harassment, attacks, it limits your growth as a Christian. And eventually you can make you backslide. The demons can win. Then you give up. You see many people give up. Many, many are those who give up. They are not able to endure. They cannot continue. Say, why am I going to? Why is this? The, the, the purpose is to make you give up. They keep on harassing you, tormenting you. So eventually you, you get frustrated. You give up. You just give up. Then when you give up, then they have won. Jesus said, will you also go? Peter said, Lord, where, who can we go to? You have the word of life. Where are you believe? Where are you going to? Where do you, can you leave Jesus? Then you are going to Satan. <laughs> you, leave, you go to Satan. That's what it means. That's why you and I, we cannot leave. I cannot leave. Because if I leave where I'm going to, hey, it will make me like kebab. They are waiting for me. Make me like kebab. Praise the Lord. Clap your two hands for Jesus. 
So church, listen to these things very carefully. These are demonic doorways. Demonic doorways. Finally, repeated engagement in sinful activity. When you keep on engaging, engaging, and engaging in sinful activity. Sinful activity. The Bible says we should give no place. Give no place to the devil. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 to 32. Ephesians 4, 25 to 32. When we engage in repeated acts of sin. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 to 32. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. But we are members of one another. So lying, telling lies. And there are some of us Christians who tell lies every day, several lies a day. Be angry and do nothing. Don't do anything when you are angry. Don't take any action based on anger. And do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't, don't be permanently angry. Because anger is a, is a human, is a natural emotion. It's an emotional response. But as soon as you are angry, let the, patient, let the, the anger dissipate. Don't keep the anger for too long and don't do anything with the anger. Nor give place to the devil. Nor give place to the devil. I don't want to go into this. Nor give place to the devil. There are many things we do by which we give place to the devil. Many things we do. We allow the devil a foothold, opportunity to attack us. Especially some of our traditional, cultural, and customary practices. Some of our traditional, cultural, and customary practices, they are rooted in idol worship. They were, they were started when Christianity had not come. So we were based on idol worshiping. Now we are Christianity, the perfect has come. Church, some of our customary, traditional, and other practices, they are rooted and not, they are not rooted and built up in Christ Jesus. They are rooted and built in idol worshipping. And they give place to the devil. Let him who stole, let him who stole steal no longer. And stealing comes in many forms. Connection, 419, Kalabule, these are all stealing. Let him who stole Still no longer, but rather let him labor. If you have to work harder, work harder so I get, we earn more. Don't steal to earn more. Work harder to earn more. But rather let him, let him labor, working with his hands what is good. What is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Working with his hands what is good. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Corrupt word, evil word, sinful word. But what is good for necessary edification? What we say, now is what we say, things that we say, they must edify. That it may impart grace to the hearers. The things we say, do they impart grace? 
when unbelievers are joking and cast, do you join them? Because when they are joking about the church, about God, and being a, do you join them? And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Be careful you don't quench the fire. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't make the Holy Spirit sorry. Make the Holy Spirit happy that you are his son or his daughter. Let all bitterness, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, clamor, Clamor means loud quarreling. Especially the women. Ghana and the women, when they are quarreling, they, they, like to, they like to make their quarreling louder. Do you know how they make their quarreling louder? I don't know. I don't know about that. I know I'm a gun. I don't know. When they make one when they are quarreling, they are quarreling louder, they clap. They clap. I don't know. The Asantis, they do that. They don't do don't do that. And they clap. They can, so I can drown your voice. And then only their voice can be heard. Clamor means loud quarreling. The whole neighborhood will hear quarreling. Because someone here has come to have a channel. So you face the person on the streets, in the market, even in the house. Unbeliever has come and separate you. Hallelujah. All these things, as you do that, don't forget the area demons are watching you. They are watching you. The area boys, the area girls, they are watching you. So, clamor. Praise the Lord. And evil speaking we put away from you with all malice. No, no malice. And be kind to one another. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you. Kindness. Tender hardness. Hardness. Forgiving spirits. The devil can't stand it. When you are kind, the devil cannot stand it. Because their kingdom, they are wicked. That's what they are called wicked spirits. Kindness. When you are tender, you think good of others. Think good. When somebody is in trouble, you see how you can help that person in your own way. You are not just selfish. Think of how you can help somebody in a small way. Get that person out of that situation. It doesn't exist in the kingdom of Satan. So when you do that, you are, you are then defeating the enemy. Praise the Lord. So in conclusion, in conclusion, let's go to James 4, 7 to 10. James 4, verses 7 to 10. James 4, 7 to 10. Therefore, submit to God. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. All these are true. Verse 7 says, Therefore, submit to God and resist the devil 
and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, look at it carefully. He said, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. How do you draw near to God, and how do you resist the devil? He said, cleanse your hands, you sinners. In other words, the things you do with your hands, your body, make sure they are clean. Your body, make sure they are clean. When we are meeting here in church, when we say we are meeting here, and, you know, <laughs> different place, when the church is me, God knows that we are all me. God is here. And God knows you as a member of this church. God, we are all one body. You may be the, the index finger. That day, you see, we all form different parts of the body of Christ. You are the index finger. Or you are the nose. Let's say you are the nose. Or you are the left nose in the church. And when we meet and we are not here, that means that that day we can't breathe. That day we are not able to breathe because we are not here. We are the nose by which we breathe. We are not here. We are the finger that we point that we are not here. So we cannot point. If you want to point, you do this. So the things you do, so they cleanse your hands. Cleanse your hands and um, purify your heart. So, heart, hands, talking about the body, heart, spirit, and let not your soul be here and there. Don't be double-minded. Don't be here and there. Just be focused. Bring all your thoughts, captivity of Christ Jesus. Don't be double-minded. Because some people cannot obtain anything from God. Then verse 9 says, Lament, mourn, and weep. Lament, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. There are some things that you should lament and mourn about. There are some things that when you consider something you should do, feel sorry for those things. Little things I used to do that now, we begin to lament, mourn, cry by those things. Hey, so this is how I was. This is how I was. This, this is what I was doing before. Have that, feel that remorse towards those things. So let your laughter, don't be laughing and when you are enjoying, doing those things, enjoy, find them enjoyable. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. He the one can lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he will humble you. Sorry, he will lift you up. He will lift you up. Humble yourself and he will lift you up. Simple as that. So, we've looked at demons in humans. Who demons are? And what, demon, what human beings are? Three parts. Create God's creation. Likeness and the image of God. Spirit, soul, body. Demons are fallen angels. And how they inhabit us. How they can follow us, monitor, control us. How can they, they can watch things that we do and, and, and destroy them for us. How they can enter us and control us. If you look at the unbeliever, when he becomes a believer, how the person now becomes filled with the Holy Spirit. You look at deliverance, what it means, and how one can get deliverance. 
The reason, and the reason why some cannot get delivered, and the reason why you cannot deliver a witch, but a witch can be delivered from his or her attacks. His or her attacks. If you look at that, a witch can be prayed for. A witch can, can get a, his or her healing. Doesn't mean that a person has got a witchcraft spirit. If you look at it, ways that mean that believers can attract demons into their bodies, into their body and soul, but not their spirit. As long as you remain a Christian, not your spirit. If the, spirit, if the demon gets into your spirit, then you are mad. And you've seen, I know at least one case, how many? One case. One went chapter three, chapter two. Remember, our lead guitarist. We had a lead guitarist chapter two. How many of you are in chapter two with us? We had a lead guitarist. You know, you know him. He was all right. But eventually, what happened to him? He became mad. Do you see him anymore these days? Is he okay now? Oh. He came mad. So, he was a Christian. He was our lead guitarist. So, definitely, he has to have understanding some of these things. So, he must have been demonized in his body and soul. But he wasn't careful to take care of that. Now they spilled over into his spirit, and that was it. And when they get into their spirit, we could still have delivered him, but see, they, they will not come. They will not come. When it gets their spirit, then the person becomes mad. We said that. That's the definition of madness. That's demonic possession. Demonic possession. And there's a young man in SCAC who they want to, to possess. And he's going through deliverance. The mental hospital couldn't help him. But now they are closing down even our mental hospitals. <laughs> they are sending them. And he was getting about since he started coming to church. Started coming, he's getting a deliverance. He's getting a deliverance. I can see getting deliverance. And when he first came here, you know, I, I won't go into details. This afternoon, I believe he'll be here again. He himself can see that he's getting delivered. So we have we have many examples. And then we'll look at how you have to submit to God. Bring all your thoughts. Anything that is in the Bible, just do it. When the church says you are doing something, even if when it's church meeting, unless it's an emergency, you will just come. Even if you have to walk, come. Come. That's how you feel your spirit, your soul, and your body. And when you get to that point, then God's purpose is in your life. Because these demons are there to destroy your life and to get you to hell. Destroy your education, destroy your business, your finances, everything gets you to hell. But when you get spirit filled, they can't touch you. They can't touch you. They can't touch you. Demons in humans. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Sunday morning's Bible study and sermon. We believe you have been blessed by the word. Join us same time next Sunday and have a blessed week.